fast as you can. What's that about the gingerbread man? Can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man. Amen. It's been a while since I heard that. All right. All right. I promise you, I can catch a gingerbread man. All right. Right here, Mr. Mickle. Right down here. Got a couple right down here. All right. All right. How many of y'all had a good week this week? Good week this week. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Real high. I mean, all right, right. I don't like none of y'all. Say amen. How many of y'all had a bad week this week? Just, I mean, it was a book. Hey, I can relate. We're, we're, we're family. Amen. Anybody have just a so-so week? So-so week? All right. Well, either way, it doesn't matter how your week went. This is the day the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, listen, if you had a great week, just think you got another week to have a good one. If it was a bad week, just thank God that one's over. Say amen. So we can be positive either way uh, uh, this thing works. We can be positive about the deal. Amen. Now, if how many of y'all were here last week? How many of y'all were here last week? All right. How many of y'all were not here last week? All right. Shame on you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just want to know what I need to go over to make sure we're all on the same page. All right. Now, does everybody have a lesson? Does everybody have a lesson? Anybody need a lesson? All right. All right. Matthew chapter number four, five. Uh, yes, that's a good one. Let's start in five. All right. Verse number, verse number 13. Matthew five. Verse 13, I'm gonna, I want us all to read it out. Uh, usually I'll have you stand, but I'm going to have you stand during church, so I'll let you sit this time. I know you're tired, all right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. If you're there, say amen. What's the first word? Who is that? That's us. That's the Christians. We. The ye is the we, all right? That's us. That's everyone in here that's been born again, that's saved, that knows the Lord, and, and has been gloriously wondrously saved. Amen? Now watch what he says. Let's all read it together. Ye are the salt. I need some help. I I need some help. Here we go. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for... Say it again. It is thenceforth but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. Read 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, uh, a question that was presented to me in all the, this, this changing and transition time is why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why uh, uh, are we changing? We had a great year. We grew like we have never grown before uh, in numbers numerically in 2007. And that's true. That is a true statement. There's no question about that whatsoever. But here's what I want you to understand. You cannot, you cannot connect numerical growth with success. Listen, just because you have... A strong numerical number does not mean you are accomplishing the will of God. For instance, I I I, I do something I do something that that uh, uh, one reason because I'm nosy. Uh, the second reason I want to know what's out there. I want to know what I'm fighting against. Uh, uh, another reason is is you you need to know your enemy. Say Amen. Uh, they have different channels on TV uh, that has cults and 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 groups on it that's just 
crazy. I sit there sometimes and watch that stuff, and I mean, I just want to bite a ten-penny nail in half, and I get so mad and angry and frustrated, and, and Tammy said, why you even watch that? I don't know why you just turn it off. Just turn it, but I can't help it. I just, and I see how, how is it possible that that many people can be so confused and so distorted and be so deceived? I mean, this, it would take, it's just unbelievable what people are willing to believe. And I'm talking about Christ filling stadiums up with people who believe a lie. So the number of people, that does not mean success. It's not how many people you have in the pews. It's the effect that your people have in the community. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Thenceforth it is good for... Now, what is God's command? God has commanded us to what? Make? He has commanded us to make? To go out and make disciples. Is that not true? Now, a disciple is one who is the light of the world. A disciple is one who is the salt of the earth. A disciple is one who is making an effect. That's what it means to lose its savor. It loses its effect. It loses its ability uh, to retard decay. It loses its ability to pre preserve things. It loses its ability to uh, uh, make one thirsty for the gospel. Now, i got a question for you. This is not to condemn anybody. This is not, this is not to put anybody on a guilt trip, because I'm not about that, and I don't want you to think that. And, and nobody raise your hand when I ask these couple questions. But if we were to really get honest, sure, church is fine. Sure, the services are great. Sure, we enjoy coming and being around each other. Sure, all that's great. All that's wonderful. But I got a question for you. That is not what God commanded and commissioned the church for. Those are great byproducts of being saved and being in a church family. But our main goal, our main destiny, our main design is to make disciples. And a disciple is one who is affecting those around them. Ask your question. Nobody raise your hand. Like I said, it's not about putting nobody on a guilt trip. I just want to see, I want you to think about this. How many people... How many people have you directly affected because of your life around them in the last year? How many people have you led to the Lord personally? You have taken a Bible and shared with them how to be saved in the last year, the last two years, the last three years, the last four years. Are we making an effect on those around us? Are we having an effect? Are we being the salt of the earth? Are we being the light of the world? Oh, you're trying to... No, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying to show you where we're, we're missing it. It's not about filling up the rooms. It's not about, listen, coming in and enjoying the choir. This way, everybody this way. It's not about coming in and, and being a spectator and, and enjoying singing. That's glorified entertainment. It's about developing people who are making a difference in the community around them. God, He took 12 people and invested his life into them. And man, they turned the world upside down. Are y'all with me so far? That's what God's called us to do. That's why we're doing things different. That's why we're changing things. That's why we're doing a little different things with our schedule. That's why we're doing a little different things with our program. Because we've got to make an effect. And if we would be honest with ourselves, you're not going to be honest with me till you're honest with yourself. And if we'll be honest with ourselves and each other, we'll say, have we really been disciples? Are we being disciples? 
If not, then it's time to change. How many of y'all know where much is given? How many of y'all believe God's given a lot to this place? And God has blessed this place, and God has honored this place. Well, you know what? God knocked on my door and told my heart. This is what he said. It's time for a little return. This is great. I want to put my blessings on you. I want to, I want to, I want to abundantly bless this place. But you've got to line up with what I've called you to do. And that's make disciples. Number one. Number one. We said there must be clarity. There must be clarity. We need to be clear on what we're doing. We need to be clear, crystal clear. Crystal clear. How many of y'all saw, uh, what was that, that movie with Tom Cruise and... and uh, and uh, and uh, Jack Nicholson. Few good men on the stand. It was on TV the other day. Are we clear? Crystal. You know, that's the way we need to be. There needs to be no confusion whatsoever. There needs to be no wondering whatsoever. There needs to be no doubt whatsoever. Well, preacher, what do we need to be clear about? A, write this down in your notes. And if you need notes, we got some guys back there, I think. Steve, jump up with Brother Mike right there and uh, and help him. If you don't mind, if anybody need notes, anybody need notes, we want to make sure you get that. We didn't want to miss nobody. Anybody, right in the back back there, Brother Steve. All right, number one, or A, we need to be clear. There needs to be clarity when it comes to what? Some of y'all were here last week. Tell me what it is. Our product. Our product. What, what do you mean product? You sound like a CEO. Well, I'm just telling you, we're supposed to produce something here. A cheese factory produces, a chair factory produces, uh, 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 I was about to say a lemon factory, but I don't believe we got a lemon factory. A lemonade factory. All right. Uh, God made the, the lemon factory, amen? All right. Uh, uh, what does a church produce? Disciples. That's what we're supposed to produce. That's what we're supposed to be making and developing. Are y'all with me so far? Listen, there, there, we, we are supposed to have, we are all in one. We're supposed to have a, 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 what, uh, 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 a delivery room. We're supposed to have a maternity ward. There's supposed to be a delivery room where babes in Christ are born. People are getting saved and born again. But there needs to be a process set up in the same one where babes in Christ can become adult disciples. Adult disciples. That's the way it is. We're supposed to be making disciples. So we need to be clear on our product, what we are supposed to be doing, what we are supposed to be producing. If we know what the product is, it's a whole lot easier to know what the process is to make the product. I need a witness. Product. Number two. Number two. How many of y'all, how many of y'all were here when I passed out the little cards and I put I wanted you to write down, I wanted you to write down uh, what 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 does Temple Baptist do to make disciples? Raise your hand if you was here. Now, when I started reading them, what 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 was it about what I was doing? Did you notice? Say it again. They were all different. If you, if you do not know what I'm talking about, in the beginning when we had our town hall meeting, I, I passed out a card to everybody. And I wrote on there, what is Temple Baptist Church doing to produce disciples? And I made every one of them in there. Fill it out. Take one, fill it out, turn it in. And do you know what happened? Every card was different. Every card was different. Now what's, it, what's the big deal about that, preacher? What if somebody, Joe Blow, comes in off the street has no church background whatsoever, and it will blow your mind how many people are like that. It is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. 
Usually people you witness to have some sort of a church background. But in the day we're living at, it's growing by leaps and bounds. The numbers are growing greater that they have absolutely no church background. Me and Brother Bob, me and Brother Bob witnessed to a lady this week who had no church background. None. Are y'all with me? Now listen, this is happening. They come in. They come in. What am I supposed to do? They ask one person here, they're going to give them an answer. They ask this person over here, they're going to give them an answer. And they ask this person over here, and what are they going to get? Honest to God, if they ask ten people, what are they going to get? What is that going to do to that person? And God is not the author of confusion. we done that. And I'll prove it. We've confused this thing. We have done this. When our hands get into something, we mess it up right away. Say amen. Listen. So, we need to simplify things and clarify things, all right? So, we need to be clear on what our product is. What is our product? Say it with me. What is our product? Disciples. What? Listen, what does a product, what is a disciple, what does a disciple do? He. Okay, all right, now, B, we need to be clear about the product, then B, we need to be clear about the process. The process. All right. Let me see if I can do this where people can see. Uh, All right. I know some of y'all ain't going to be able to see this. But you have a factory. You have a factory. All right. This is one machine. This is two machines, this is three machines, and you have the truck, the cab. Oh, do it. Got to have a hood ornament, amen. All right. Where's Mr. Lancey? How'd I do? How'd I do, Mr. Lancey? Sure say amen. All right. All right, now, here's the deal. We have a, this is a chair factory. I know some of y'all, just imagine this in your mind. I got to see here. All right. All right, here's the deal. The, the trees come in. The trees come in. This machine takes the bark. This is a debarker. What that, that's what that linebacker was who sacked Jay Barker. Say amen. He was a debarker. All right? It comes in. Well, this one here, this, was, this, this one here, it shapes. It shapes the wood. All right? It shapes the wood. Well, the last one, it glues it all together. Do what you can to use your imagination. All right? I'm, I'm just trying to illustrate something. Each machine is a different part of the process. The material, the raw material comes in. Then at the other end of the other end of the factory, you have a finished product. Now, the raw material in, in a church is a human loss center. Is everybody with me? All right, the finished product that we're trucking out of here is a born-again, 
bona fide, mature disciple. Is everybody with me? We want sinners to come in and disciples to go out. This is not the Roach Motel. This is not a deal where you come in, but you don't come out. That's the problem. Too many people are coming in the church and enjoying it so much, they're not going out. We are coming in so we can go out. We're bringing them in, training them, leading them, winning them to Christ, developing them to Christ-like maturity, and then sending them back out for the mission and calling God has given them. I need a witness. That's the finished product. We're supposed to be shipping them out. People say, you get mad when people go out and go to Bible college or go out on the mission field? No, that's what we're supposed to do. Say amen. So, but as this, as this factory has three different pieces of the process. This is the process. The process is making a chair. Well, in the church, the process is making a disciple. All right? Here's the deal. Each one of them... Now, do you understand? This is not a process. This is the process. Does that make sense? All right? So we need to know what... In other words, if I'm going to take... If I'm going to take... Uh, 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 Brother Cone. Come on, Brother Cone. Come on. Uh, if I'm going to take him, all right? He is the raw material. Mr. Cone said, and is he raw? Amen. All right. All right, he comes in one side. Law sinner, don't know Jesus. I mean, he comes in, he gets saved. All right, most churches, boom, that's the end of the line. That's all they got for him. Just keep coming to church, you'll get what you're supposed to get. No, you won't. You will not get it. It does not just happen automatically. You need to be put in atmosphere that's conducive to growth. And I can't wait to preach that in about 20 minutes. Say amen. It has to be set up so you can grow and develop. I don't care. I don't care how. I don't care. Listen, I don't care how sincere you are. You've got to be placed in areas where you can grow and develop. God has placed that responsibility on me as the pastor. It is my responsibility to set up this process so that when sinners come in, disciples go out. That is my responsibility. That's what God has called me to do. He has called me to develop disciples. Ephesians chapter 4 is the answer to that. If you have any questions, just read Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to do that here in a little bit. But each one of these is a program. That's, that's C. That's C. We need to be clear not only of the process, the product, but also the program. Now, each one of these is a different program. Is everybody with me so far? The whole deal, don't you go nowhere. The whole deal is the process. Now, each one of these is a different, come on, y'all, it's a different in the, y'all catching on. See, this isn't real hard. Amen? Now, watch this. He comes in, in the, in the, in the first Come on, y'all a little slow. The first program I want to introduce him to is our worship service. Man, we got a cool worship service. I'm telling you, son, we've got, we've got a preacher that's unbelievable. I mean, just, he is incredible. Our music man, he's okay, but, you know, we got, 
uh, uh, choir and everything. All right, he comes. Man, here he is in a worship service where people are not looking at each other. They're not judging each other. They're not comparing each other. They're not coming. They're not coming for the sake of just fellowship with one another. They're coming to connect with God. They're coming to show God how much they appreciate what He's done for them. They're coming to show God how much they appreciate that they ate every day of that week, that they had a roof over their head, they have shoes on their feet, they have clothes on their back. Son, they're just thankful they ain't in hell. Bless God, I deserved it with being hell with my back broke, but God forgave me just like I was, took me. He found me on Skid Road, took, dug me out of that hole I was in, and son, I'm kind of happy about it. He sees that. He says, wow. Man, I need what they got. That's what my dad said. He got saved. He didn't say, I need to be born again and regenerated. He didn't say, he didn't say, I need what thou hast. That preacher said, what do you want? He said, whatever y'all got. You know why? He's seen people worshiping. Do y'all get that? He wanted what they had. Let me ask you a question. Do you look like you want something somebody else wants? Or do you look like you got something that's contagious? You don't need to look like you got salmonella. Are y'all with me? When you come in here, look happy. Look like you want to be here. If you don't, fake it. God will understand. Say amen. Listen, God will help you with your attitude. Amen. Smile. Well, and by the way, by the way, I was talking with Dad. I was talking with Dad, and we were discussing things, discussing the change and everything. And it was it was civil. I mean, we was having a good time, civil. And uh, I said, well, Dad, well, I just, what is the what is the biggest problem you have with not having an evening service, an evening worship service? He said, well, and he'll tell you this. He'll tell you the same thing. Well, I'm just telling you what we said. He said, well, I'm going to miss out on seeing everybody. I'm going to miss out on all the fellowship. Now, how many of y'all agree? Okay. I said, you know what, though? That's not what worship is for. The purpose of worship is to come meet with him. But you know what we've transformed it into? Coming to meet with you. And see, that's why modern day church worship has missed all the power. It's missed it all. Because some people are coming to judge that one. They're coming to see what he's driving. They're coming because they done heard what he done that week and they're going to see if he's got the guts to show up to church. I read the newspaper, bless God. Hello? See, the purpose of worship has always been to come and meet in His presence. Remember when we taught on Revelation chapter chapter 4 and 5? Why, why worship was so great then? Because their folk was wanting on nothing but the land. Wow. Boy, if we could get back to that. Are y'all with me? See, it... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm preaching this morning. Worship. 
we're going we're gonna to make this, instead of the debarker, we're going to, all right, who stole my pen? All right. Worship. All right, what is the first program of our process? All right, my man comes in. He sees people enjoying the presence of God. Man, I got to have some of that. I can't tell you how many people has gotten saved because of that. They come in and the Bible, it, the Bible says, they say it. First thing that happens, said, man, we felt it. We felt it when we first went in the door. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. When you come in with a worshipful attitude, with a right attitude, with a heart that wants to come meet with God, not a heart that wants to come critique others, he's going to show up. And when he shows up, everybody feels it. He gets saved. Well, now we got a baby Christian. Now we got a babe in Christ. All right, what, what do we need to, where do we need to put the babe in Christ? Where do we need to put the babe in Christ? Well, he needs to be in an atmosphere that's conducive for growth. Now, God designed this thing. We're going to do something here in just a minute in the, in the worship. And I want you to understand, you've got to get this. We're dragging, I, I'm telling you, I have dissected, I dissected, I have dissected, I'm trying to mix acts and dissected at the same. God, be careful. Amen. I have dissected the book of Acts chapter 2 500 times. I've alliterated it three or four million times. I'm telling you, I've got, I've got the whole alphabet alliterated in that one chapter. It's, it's amazing. And just looking at it, what we are doing is not, we have not come up with a new fad. We have not come up with a new idea. We have not come up with a new program. All we have done is gone back to the original. What has happened through time, what has happened through time is people have gotten away from the original. I want to do what Vince Lombardi does. Well, he did. He's no longer with us. Amen. But Vince Lombardi, every at the first day of practice, at the first day of, we're talking about the NFL. He's talking to people who have played football since the Pop Warner days, since they were little old bitty grasshoppers, since they would trip over football. These men, grown, full-grown, show enough, steroid-eating men, have been in football since their whole little bitty days, all through up. The first thing he'd tell, he told everybody, he would hold a football in his hand. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. You know Why? He said, we're going back to the fundamentals because teams went. And by the way, he won a, kind of a lot of stuff. So he kind of know what he's doing. Now, what we need to do as a church, we're not trying to go, we're not trying to find the latest thing. We just want to go back to the fundamentals. It's the way Jesus done it. It's amazed me since I've been studying all this and looking at all this, and I mean, I'm talking about intently, intently, just, I cannot, I've been getting migraines, I've been staying in it so much, because I have to know that I know that I know what we're doing, where we're going, so forth and so on, it's amazing to me, it's right there, Jesus showed us, he chose, Jesus started the first small group, 
and he took them. That 12. He would teach others also, but he invested his life into them 12. He would teach them and comfort them and care for them, watch over them. And you know what happened with that 12? In the book of Acts, the Bible says these have turned the world... Oh, but that was them. Well, Jesus said, greater work shall ye do. I'm ready to do a little turning. What about y'all? So the second, the second, come on, the second, in the, his small group. Small group. Mr. Cohn. Glad to have you in the church. Boy, it's exciting. Glad you got saved. But I want to tell you something. The, the, the best way to grow as a Christian, we have found, the best way to grow as a Christian is being an atmosphere that's conducive for growth. And what I mean by that is being around other Christians, having a regular basis of being around other small group. And, and the reason why is because if I'm around better people, I'm going to be a better person. If I'm around bitter people, I'm going to be a... If I'm around critical people, I'm going to be a... Listen, birds of a feather will fly, flock, and fall together. If I want to be a good Christian, I need to hang around good Christians. And the the more Christians... Listen, when you hang around other Christians like that, it'll help you be a better one. So I want you to get involved. We've got a small group. Uh... Uh, Brother Doe, Brother Donnie, Brother Johnny, Brother Will, Brother Lawrence, y'all come up here. Uh, Brother John, will you come up here too, help me? Brother Cone, all right. Brother Chris, all right. Put in your small group. Yeah, pull them around, pull them around. Put some women up there, y'all. All right. Come on, brother. Come on. No talking. Good to see you, Brother Chris. It's Brother Cone. He got saved this past Sunday. Hey, fellas. What's happening? Y'all doing all right? Brother Cone? This is Brother Cone. (laughs) Hopefully, we'll have a little bigger living room. Now, Now, Brother Cone, this is what we do. We just, we all in the same boat. We all got saved just like you did. And what we do, we gather together, help encourage one another. And the preacher will preach on something. Man, we got a good, don't we got a good preacher? Man, I tell you, he's a wonderful guy. And uh, and uh, he's smart too. Man, I tell you, he's a good guy. Uh, we have a mutual preacher appreciation society right here. All right? No, I'm just kidding. All right. Y'all smile. It's okay. I'm trying to get y'all lighting up. All right? And, 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 and as a preacher preaches on something, hey, listen, we'll discuss that. 
preached on, preached on, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't take notes this Sunday, amen. Uh, adversity, adversity, man, man, the preacher preached, uh, on adversity on Wednesday night, and, uh, and, uh, he said that God uses adversity to show us things in areas of our life where it don't where we didn't even know. I mean, it, we had to see that and go through that, and and uh, God will use it not to destroy us, but to develop us. And uh, any of y'all got an illustration where God used a, a, a hard time, brother Johnny? How about when you got laid off? I mean, tell us about that. Anybody else have a time when adversity builded you and not broke you? Anybody? When you got hurt. That's when you was wrestling that Jeremy Shepherd, wasn't it? You made it through. Honestly, tell the truth. There was times you doubted there wasn't. Check this out. Check this out, y'all. Here's the deal baby Christian is going to see that he can relate to these Christians. Because he's going to have times in his life that he doubted. For instance, Preacher Brown said right after he got saved, right after he got saved, that he hit, hit he worked in a, he worked in a car dealership, uh, 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 the maintenance part where they fix stuff, y'all know, in the, in the service department. He worked on Oldsmobiles, all right? And he hit his thumb with one of them wrenches. And he said that he, he cursed everything in his little area right there. And then he called himself. He said he ran to the bathroom and squalled like a young. And he said, well, it was good while it lasted. He thought he'd done lost it. He thought he'd done messed up so bad God done took it away. And, well, what happened? He got around some other folks that that happened to before. Hey, man, let me tell you what God done. Boy, I done that, and, 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 and God just convicted me, and I came to him and said, Lord, I'm sorry. But see, baby Christian needs to see that other people go through the same thing. So what, what is he now? This part of the process, the small groups, is an area where he can grow, where he can develop. They're going to hold. Boy, I want to go into the message so bad, but we're, gonna, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We have this here, and now, see, then... That's not the final deal. That's not the final deal. All right, put your chairs back. All right? So he goes through, what's the first program in the process? What's the first program in the process? Worship. We need to do everything we can to make that a killer program. It needs to be an awesome program. So they come in and they want what you have. Say amen. The second part of the program is small groups. It is putting them in an atmosphere where they can grow and be held accountable and, listen, where they can be encouraged by each other. All right? Then, then, all right? In this, in this program, who are they loving? All right? Love God. Remember we said 
we said what a disciple was. In the small groups, they are who are they loving? All right. All right. Then, what is the third part? What is the third program they need? To, we need to get him in. Service team. All right. A, a disciple is one that. Are y'all with me so far? Now, we had not talked about the service teams quite yet because we're still working on the middle one. But we're getting there. We want you involved. See, he is not, he is not a disciple till he's doing this. How many churches have 500 people in it with 50 doing everything? They're not making disciples. Because a disciple is one that... Until they're doing this one, they're not a disciple yet. Are y'all with me? All right, now, where's my time? How many, how many look? I've got three minutes to teach three hours. Say amen. So listen fast. All right, number two. What was number one? Every church must have, every church must have clarity. Number two, every church must have, say it with me, every church must have now watch this, read in your notes. Congestion, how many of y'all just love head congestion? How about chest congestion? Isn't that a blessing? What is that? It's a restriction of movement, the movement of air, all right? Congestion is the hampering of movement. Traffic, head and chest congestion. Too many churches have the same problem, not enough in spiritual growth. The ministry process should move people to greater levels of... Now watch this. Say we get... Say we get, And we did. This is a, this is a realistic, this is a realistic uh, illustration. Our worship program. This is the box for worship. What if we built this? What if we built this where it was like this? Huge. Now, every church in the community, every church in the country would say, boy, they're doing it. I've had people call me. Man, I tell you what, y'all doing it. Man, I tell you what. Even gave me an honorary doctorate. Can you imagine? I can't even spell it. Say amen. But see, if this doesn't grow in comparison to this, I'm not winning. I'm not accomplishing what God has said we are to accomplish. And by the way, if you do not build this in comparison with this, this is going to come back down to whatever this can handle. Are y'all with me so far? So a success is where we move people from the worship to Small groups, that is a step of commitment. That is a step of commitment. When they make that step of commitment and they're growing and they're developing and they're getting stronger in their faith, they're maturing. They're becoming more mature and developing Christ-likeness. Then they say, preacher, I want to be involved. Man, I want to be involved in the Awana program to develop young people. 
I want to be I want to be involved in the care ministry to help care for people and encourage first time attenders. Man, I want to be involved. Are y'all with me? This is where we've missed it. And what's happened is we've become comfortable with it. People that are not doing anything have become comfortable letting other everybody else do everything. And as long as they're doing everything, then they don't have to do anything. Well, everybody's happy with that but God. And those that are getting burnt out. We've had to quit some ministries because the people that was doing them got burnt out with it. And then I've had people that wasn't doing anything come to me and complain that we quit the ministry. And I wanted to say I couldn't because I'm a pastor and I'm not allowed to. I wanted to say, where was you when we needed help for this? Y'all with me? You're jumping on us. No, I'm not. I'm not jumping on anybody. I'm just trying to help you understand why we're changing. Because this is not the final deal. By the way, this is not the final deal. This is the final deal. So we need to have movement. In other words, what was the first point? Come on, what was the first point? It needs to be clear if somebody, now here we are. Say we, we get this operational, not if we, we're getting this operational. When all this is up, this is what can happen. This is what we'll have the ability to do when everything's said and done, we get everything operational, everything's going, everything's rocking and rolling. When that happens, any person that comes in this, say say now, say now, Joe Blow comes in and, and says, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Everybody's going to say, make disciples. Everybody can. That's our, that's our destiny. That's our goal. That's our determination. That's what we are called to do, make disciples. When they ask you that, we're here to make disciples. Well, how do we do that? Everybody can say three ways. There's three steps in the process. Everybody can do that. We have simplified things now. We have made it easy to remember. We have made it easy to understand. Hey, God makes disciples through three programs in our process. Man, I'm glad you asked me how we make disciples because I've been dying to tell somebody. We do it through a process. And that process is set up of three programs. Number one, our... Listen, then number two, our... Then number three, our... Man, you get hooked up in them, and I'm telling you, son, you're going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. God is going to be able to use you in a great way. You're going to change your community. You're going to change your destiny. I need a witness. See, isn't that easy? But way too many churches... I've been a part of my whole life. You go in, what are y'all supposed to do here? Let's call a preacher. No. You need to know. The Bible says, be ready to give an answer to any man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Amen. Listen, the third part we're going to talk about in in this movement is focusing on these three things. Not getting so spread out with so many things that we're not focusing on these three things. And I want to say something because some people have got the misconception about why we stopped the evening service. We did not stop the evening service so you can have a longer nap. We did not stop the evening service so, so you didn't have to come back to church that night. It had nothing to do with that. That was not even in the equation. 
we stopped the evening service so we could put more focus on one. Now, we, we're praying about, we're trying to work on this deal. Uh, we, we're thinking about putting Awana on Sunday afternoon. Our program, our small group program for the young people on Sunday afternoon. And, and the reason why is because there were some folks, a lot of folks in the, the choir that wants to help in the Awana. So they can't be on the same night. So there's going to be, there's going to be a distraction. and we don't, We're not trying to do that. Well, I thought we did that so we wouldn't have to come back. No, we didn't. We did it so we could focus on one. Have one awesome, awesome worship service. Y'all with me? So I want to I try to dispel all the misconceptions about that, okay? Everybody say amen. That's the deal. That's why. And then, and then I'm not going to, we're going to have every bit of our uh, uh, focus and everything in our small groups. Put everything in that. Do everything we can to focus on that. So we're asking you to be involved in three things. Three things. Say it again. Amen. They're coming in. We've got to pray. got to pray. Please bring your paper back with you. Bring your paper back with you. If you don't, we'll have to make another 150 copies, all right? So bring your paper back with you. What do you need to do next week? 